Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam. So... We need a favor, me and Mandra. Um, we need more reviews because it really helps like folks to find us. It helps in the charts and the ratings and all the algorithmies and all them things, you know. So if you leave us a review, we might pick it and read it online, okay? Manny, do we have a new review that's like, you know, really cute, indicative of like how we want to be represented to the world? <laughs> no pressure. I got a couple of juicy ones actually that just came in this past week. So thank you, BA fam, specifically to listener H. H says, I've been listening to this podcast for a while and I still make some bad decisions. It's okay. We still love you, H. I always have the voices of Bandy Tiffany in my head like, girl, get it together. You know what to do. Thanks for the amazing advice, encouragement, guests, and so much more. As I'm reading this review, I'm also like, wow, do we not do that great of a job on the show? <laughs> H, don't just take notes. Use them, okay? And then listener T says, this is a must-hear podcast. Very good advice. I listen every week. Oh, these were actually really nice. Oh, yeah. And so if you want us to read your review and you want us to smile big and cheesy, please leave us a review and share the podcast with the people that you love, even your haters too, because they need some financial education as well. Thanks. Hey, hey, hey. <clears throat> we're back. We're black. We're brown. Ambition. 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 We got a little, we have some vanilla bean brown in the studio today. I was wondering. You know, it's not, we, know, we think, you know, Mandy, we think, wait a minute, we give you like a, a, like a latte. Let's not start the caste <laughs> oh, system and, again. Okay, and, oh, Tiffany. Milk latte. <laughs> Can we not? Have you seen Origin? Like, right, that's just me. Mandy's in her winter, winter, winter color. <laughs> yeah, I am a guy. Listen to my Midwestern family. I, I re- represent you these months. You know what? It's so crazy because I was looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, meanwhile, for me, I'm like, you look so pale. I'm like, oh, that's why it's winter. But this is me pale. I'm this shade. <laughs> this is the shade that we are right now. And this I will be in about July. Okay? If you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding up my winter and my summer. If you know, you know. Yes. Hi, Vivian too. Yes, we have a special guest in the stew today. Her name is Vivian too, And you know you know her because come on, she's your rich BFF. You have seen her videos. Unless you just don't have a cell phone or internet or a computer or, or someone friends. or know someone who has a phone or an internet or a computer and have no friends. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. Vivian. So I'm going to read her official bio and then we're going to introduce her to the stew. So when it came to when when the burnout came for former JP Morgan trader Vivian too, she decided to leave Wall Street for a gig in the media space. But when she did, she took with her 
her financial savvy that would lead her down an unexpected path, building a career out of offering fun, digestible financial advice on social media. We love her for that. Um, she was always the one that her friends would go to for this sort of help. Um, and so she started, and when did you start, Vivian? What year when you started going viral? It was January 1st of 2021, very first day of the year, first video went viral, baby. Went viral, love it. Cause she's like, what a winner, okay? We really, <laughs> she, realized, <laughs> she realized how great the need was for financial literacy beyond the big banks. Um, and honestly, we all say this cause we got the, I think we all, all got this from Berna that financial services has been historically male, pale and stale. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. These lessons are things that rich dads have been teaching their rich sons on the golf course. Um, this is what um, Vivian has shared. So Vivian told, this is what Vivian told Forbes, right? So she's got 3.5 million followers that she lovingly calls the leftovers. Ooh, that is I, not even accurate anymore. I was going to say, is it up to date now? I was going to say, I feel like it's more than this now. Yeah. It's closer to six or seven That's now. That's incredible. Um, okay. Wow. I'm a leftover. Um, so it includes women, people of color and marginalized communities that have not gotten the same level of financial education. Um, your rich BFF, this is where she comes in. Um, her goal is to turn finance into a finance space. I love that. Um, to speak and to speak to those who are seeking financial advice. Um, she has landed partnerships with places like MetLife, Rent the Runway, Credit Karma, Invesco, Wealthfront, and is now being represented by WME. Her first book, which by the way, is a New York Times bestseller because of course the F it is. <laughs> so what um, you're saying is your rich BFF is fucking rich. Yes, right? Rich, at, rich <laughs> AF. We get it. <laughs> right? So um, yeah, she, and also too, last but not least, she was ranked um, number 50 on the inaugural Forbes top creators list in 2022. Yes. But yes, we welcome Vivian too to the stew. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm so happy to be here. You guys are like old friends. It's been a minute. I haven't seen y'all in a second. I know. Well, I met I'm, you, Vivian, like for the first time in person. At um, the White House. I know. Um, just humble imagine? brag. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. Because we were like, are we going to meet the president? We're not. We're not. And then we met the first lady, which I was like, that's more than enough. And then oh, the president, better. we were all she's like, this is for better. life. Like, it was just insane. So it was a great place to just be like, <gasps> I was overwhelmed <sighs> with the emotion of the, the mm -hmm. grandness of it all. And then I got to meet you, which was so awesome. Yeah. Tiffany um, was overwhelmed with the emotion of the grandness. I was overwhelmed by the free snacks. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here in the back, <laughs> just trying to eat. <laughs> Wait, so y'all met at the White House. I met you, Vivian, for the first time at the Marshalls. We have a partner, yes. in, a partner in common, Marshalls. Yeah. Um, and we met, we were on the panel yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> Marshalls, I... I'm, I'm available, Marshalls. <laughs> Just <in case. laughs> I'm saying. Mandy was chatting all things career, and I was yeah. chatting all things money, and it was a summit to actually empower women to make that. choices that align with their values, and yeah. you know, essentially put their money where their mouth is, and be really, really mindful with their spending. It's cool. And if you want to know how savvy Vivian is, if you didn't already follow her, like we said, at that event, I remember being at the table, we just gotten done and I was starving and I was eating and like you were gone. And I was like, oh, Vivian left. I didn't get to say goodbye. And, da -da -da, and I'm just eating. And then, <gasps> and then 
And then maybe like 45 minutes later, Vivian and whoever your plus one was, you come back, <laughs> your friend, right? You come back in with like loaded down with swag oh. because she was like, oh, I went shopping. Because Not I didn't, Mandy exposing <laughs> me. I, everybody went shopping and I did not get the memo that we could go and like shop no. from the rack. Like just yeah. take stuff. And um, <laughs> I love my But I'm like, oh, I should have. See, when you're with Vivian, just follow her, y'all. But literally not like on social media, like just follow her around and I feel like you'll just a little tips like she'll land it's like the it's the yellow brick road personified is sort of how I would describe you so I'm very very happy and on top of that you're just a nice yeah. you know human being and I think I, I DM'd you the other day to let you know that I've been listening to and I was trying to find my stupid notes because I always like to take notes but I was listening to your podcast net worth and chill if we may um, talk about that and you were and I learned about like your background and I think mm-hmm. for for the for the people who only know you from TikTok and haven't really dived deeper, maybe haven't listened to your personal stories on your podcast, tell us, introduce yourself and like the Vivian before your rich BFF, because yeah. Yeah. you are our favorite Wall Street girly, but you weren't just a Wall Street girly, like you left Wall Street and then you had this career afterward. I, I want to hear more about that. So tell the folks what you want them to know about how you got here. Yeah. Uh, so I like so many people in this country come from an immigrant background. Um, my parents immigrated to the US from Shanghai in their early 20s. And I love my mom and dad. I hope that they don't hear me say this. Uh, they are the best parents, but they are very, very frugal. And I wouldn't necessarily say that they've been smart with their money. I think the money that they do have, a lot of it comes from extreme saving, uh, very much the family where like you open like the cookie tin and it's like a sewing kit inside. And like you go to the, uh, under the kitchen cabinet, like there's just like one random bag that houses all of the other bags. And like, you know, you, you, you reuse those bags every day as a lunchbox and like very, you know, almost like down to the T Chinese American Asian tropes, uh, And I think that made me a very worried and a very scarce-minded kid. Um, It always felt like the other shoe was going to drop. Neither of my parents at the time, especially when I was younger, I would say before uh, high school, neither of them were high earners. So we oftentimes lived in the smallest home or smallest apartment in the school district. And my parents were very, very focused on education because to them, it felt like a form of class mobility, social, socioeconomic mobility. So instead of moving into a nicer home, they would move into the smallest, you know, home in the nicest school district, right on the edge, right before you got into the other district. And that is how I was able to go to some of the best public schools in the country. And my parents didn't have to pay for that education, but I was able to get you know, a bit of a head start there because I had some really good public schools that I went to. And from there, I was told, you know, do the right thing. This is the American dream blueprint, right? You get good grades. I was the valedictorian of my high school. I love to bring this up whenever anybody asks, because it's like (laughs) my crowning achievement in life. Um, Your parents must have been so proud. Or were they like, Mandy, please. My parents were like, this is your obligation. I was going to say, Mandy, do you know, do you know immigrant parents? My parents are Nigerian, which is very similar to that. Like, like you said, Vivian, super like frugal, but also 
education is everything. It is the only way yes. out. And also too, mm-hmm. like an A is like, I used to, my dad would tell me that a B was a, was no, a C was failing. A B was a C and an A was you better have. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Nigerian parents, you come home yeah. with a 98, they're asking you where the other 2% I went. I mean, so I'm yeah. feeling right here, Vivian. I'm like, yes, go ahead, continue. Yes. So this is yes. how you grew up. <laughs> so this is how I grew up, but um, I was a very good student. I ended up getting into the University of Chicago. Um, and the deal that I had made with my parents essentially was like, they had been saving and investing their entire lifetimes for one thing. And that was for me to be able to go to school. Mm. Um, and... When I got into U Chicago, it is one of the most expensive schools in the country. Mm-hmm. And I was very nervous about this. And fortunately for me, through high school, my family's financial situation improved quite a bit because my mom ended up leaving the pharmaceutical industry. She was like a chemist, a supervisor of a lab. Um, and went into consulting. So then she started consulting for pharmaceutical companies, started making quite a bit more money. Um and I was able to go to U Chicago and they gave me the greatest gift. And we as Americans know this is truly the greatest gift. I graduated without student loans, mm. without student debt. Whoa. Yeah. And that's what your parents, so they were able to, did you get financial aid at all? So I mean like I, real aid, not loans, which they do call aid. So I got $15,000 in merit like grants from the school themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was per year. And then I got additional private scholarships, mm-hmm. but the remainder, which was still six figures, yeah. my parents were able to help pick up, which was wonderful. Oh, wow. um, and I know, you know, I look back on high school and I look back on some of the students that would drive Mercedes or Audis or, you know, these fancy cars into the parking lot. And I had a beat up, And I mean, beat up. Sheldon was the best car ever, but Sheldon was on his last legs. Not Sheldon. He was a beat up Honda Accord with the paint coming off Mm -hmm. and the headlights like barely worked. So like on rainy days, I was like, I don't know if I should drive to school. (laughs) But, you know, I always thought that like we just didn't have it like that. Mm -hmm. But then to hear from some of those peers who drove those types of cars and wore nicer clothes than me and like had more bigger houses, whatever, to hear that they were choosing other alternatives to college, um, you know, doing two years at a community college to then be able to afford to go to the school that they wanted to go to or choosing their second choice, even if they got into their top choice Mm -hmm. because of pricing. It made me really reevaluate my parents' relationship to money. And instead of like making fun of them, calling them like cheap or whatever, like I just realized that they had bigger goals Mm -hmm. and their goals were very different than some of our neighbors. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm at UChicago. I'm a decent student, but I'm going to be honest, UChicago is not a Maryland public school. Like everybody at UChicago was their high school valedictorian. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm certainly not the smartest kid in the room ever again after that moment. Uh, I get to junior year and essentially I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have a trust fund to fall back on. I cannot go spend a year backpacking and figure it out. I got to have a job. So a lot of my friends at the time were interviewing for jobs on Wall Street. And I was like, you know what? Seems as good of an idea as any. Uh, There was no real passion. I just wanted to make money. I wanted to live in a cool, fun, sexy city like New York. And I I wanted to do the 
young 20 something thing. So I interviewed, ended up getting an internship at JP Morgan on the trading desk. Um, and that summer they hired three interns, myself and two young men. And I was the only one who got a return offer. It was a super cutthroat summer. It was very competitive. It was always who's in first, who's out last, who's putting out more work product, who's mingling, networking more, who's it's, it was always a game of like, who could do more with less. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was the first time I ever realized I was like, I'm just as good as these people sitting around me. I'm just as smart. I can run just as fast and I can accomplish just as much even if I don't necessarily look like everybody around me. So what made you decide that like, okay, so you go to JP Morgan, you're like, womp, not for me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> quite, that's not quite how it worked. Okay, I mean, so, so yeah. So I got there and I was like, womp, this is definitely for me. I want to be rich. I, okay. you know, I find my mentor and she is still my mentor to this day. She's the coolest person I've ever met. She, and I wanted to be like her for very shallow reasons. At the beginning, she would click clack in on those marble floors with her like Gucci stilettos, like have a new like Chanel bag on the counter every day. And I was like, I want Gucci stilettos and I want a new Chanel bag every day. And so I wanted to be like her, but because of her and because of her explanation to me of like, you can only have these things if you're good with money. I started investing in my 401k. I started being mindful of like, how long do I have to tough it out here to get a pension? Like, you know, what should I be doing with my excess money? Should I budget better? Should I save? Should I be investing outside of this? And I started getting decent with my money. And while that happened, a year and a half in, the head of my desk got let go. Half of the team got fired. New people brought in. And I was assigned to work for somebody else. And dun, that dun, was the beginning dun. of the end, literally <laughs> dun, dun, dun. like yeah. the beginning of the end. Um, and this guy just hated me. He didn't like that. I was girly. He didn't like how my nails click clacked on the keyboard. He didn't like how I looked and who I was. And the final straw was I came into work one day with a long cardigan on and he looked at me, touched his hands together, bowed and said, is that a kimono? Mm. And wow. wow. You know how, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but when something like that happens to you, you think of all the insults you want to say back like six hours later. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they're your boss. Yeah. In a position, and you're not. In like, a position when, of power. Yeah. When I, I heard yeah. that anecdote that you just said on your podcast, Net Worth and Chill, y'all. Um, <laughs> I will plug it for you. Don't worry. And <laughs> the first thing I thought of is I, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I think around yeah. the, I think we're around the same age and around the same time you were working on Wall Street, I was reporting on Wall Street um, as a reporter at Business Insider. And I'll never forget, like BI in the early days was a wild, wild west. Like we were just a bunch of kids on the internet, like, you know, writing whatever we wanted to. There were no rules of journalism anymore. It was like post media apocalyptic moment from the recession. And it was about clicks. We were like headlines and photo, headlines and photo. That was everything on BI. It was the main page. And I was specifically told by an editor, feature an Asian American woman feature young Asian American mm. women in your photos and the men of Wall Street will click. There was like this weird. Mm. Yes, I'm not kidding. Ew. I know it's fucking gross, but this fetishization at the same time, but then use it on the, you know, the other end of it that you experience is this, 
you know, this racism, this othering. And I'm just really sorry that that happened to you. I'm so glad you got to give him the double middle finger. Um, and I did not take that editor's advice. But I will say, like, who writes the news and who's, you know, in charge on Wall Street? Yeah. It, it still matters. Um, yeah. So then what happened sucks. after that? You, you, you just, like, how long did you last after that? Couple months. Um, yeah. Oh, but can I tell this? I've never told this story before, Ooh. but this is quite spicy. Um, so <laughs> I, I wanted to like leave that day. I like I was like I basically texted my mentor on the side because she was still on the team, and I was like, I'm about to quit, like right now, like I am leaving today. And she was like, mm -hmm. uh, Don't be an idiot. You don't have another job lined up. What are you doing? We'll talk about it after work. And she basically coached me through it. And I think she was obviously very, very sad to hear that that had happened to me. But she introduced me to my second manager, my very first manager at BuzzFeed. Um, and I was, so, I was so strategic with this, guys. I started interviewing. And right before I knew I was going to quit, like I basically, I was at the finish line. I knew things were going good. Like I was like, I'm ready to quit. I took my two week mandatory block leave. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I took two weeks of paid vacation. I went to Spain with my now fiance. And the day I got back from vacation, I quit. <laughs> I love that for you. Vivian, I love that too. You're not the only one. Like that's not an uncommon way to quit. And it's so smart. I Especially know. if they're not going to pay it back these days. It's all like uh -huh. unlimited PTO. So we don't have to pay you out. <laughs> that's so freaking smart. Okay, VA fam, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more from our conversation with Vivian to your rich BFF. Hey, VA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. 
Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And we're back, BA fam, more from our conversation with Vivian too. And so you switched over to BuzzFeed and you were like, okay, I'm in media. Wait, how? I want to hear about that. Like the yeah. switch to BuzzFeed, like why? What were you doing at BuzzFeed and how is it different than, um, than Wall JP Street? Morgan, yeah. It was totally different. I mean, um, thanks for asking that, Mandy. I know you focus a lot about, you know, career movement and mobility and mm -hmm. making some of those important changes, I was terrified because I was like, well, I haven't even been in this seat for, you know, the four years that is expected of me before I can like reasonably switch to another bank and people don't think I'm a job jumper. Mm -hmm. So I had ended up having this conversation with my mentor's best friend and she put me in contact with HR. I went through the series of interviews for a job that I had no idea how to do. It was a digital media strategy sales job at BuzzFeed. Basically, I was working with corporations at a very baseline level to put ads on the internet, but at a very high level, building out joint ventures or creating new websites or doing hosting IRL pop-ups and flat iron or, you know, full custom content campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do any of that. I didn't know what a CPM was. I didn't know what an impression was. I didn't know how to make content. I didn't know what reporting was. I didn't know anything. But when I spoke with my mentor's best friend, I said, I am the fastest learner you have ever met. I can learn anything in three months. And I promise you, I'm going to put everything in that I have and I'm going to be better than your current best. 
Mm. And I think that was like a big promise, but like I told her that and she was, and I did have this in my sleeve knowing this, that person that became my very first boss had also left wall street to go into media and tech. So Mm. I think again, she had like a little soft spot for me Mm -hmm. knowing that she had escaped a similar fate, um, you know, for similar reasons to see me now feeling like I had to escape. She was like, I'm willing to take a flyer. Mm -hmm. And so when I did well in the other interviews and had a good sales pitch and was able to showcase that regardless of if I was calling a hedge fund analyst to talk about a stock that I thought was a decent buy for their portfolio, or whether I was calling a corporate client to recommend a certain type of video asset that I thought would be good for their advertising campaign, Sales is sales, baby. Mm-hmm. You either got the sauce mm-hmm. or you don't. And <laughs> sauce yeah. sold separately. A sauce sold separately. <laughs> and so, you know, I think she saw that I had that natural sales instinct and they hired me on that entire instinct and nothing else. And within three years, I became one of the top sellers. And within f- almost four, I was the top seller. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what? I, can I ask you one quick question just to yeah. prove a point? How, when you decided to leave JP Morgan, like how much time and you, you reached out to your mentor, when, at what point did you touch your resume to like focus on that in terms of your pivot into a new career field? The same night that guy asked me if I was wearing a kimono. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. Right. And like when you were approaching it though, like what I'm what I'm heard from your story is that the personal connections and mm-hmm. you can roll your eyes at this a lot and like Nepo baby bullshit, whatever. But like I feel like leaning into your yes. mentor, leaning in and just not even like having an end goal in mind. Just like, hey, I had a shit day. I want to leave this place. Yeah. Letting them know that you were interested in a new beginning and like them starting to get that ball rolling to the point where, you know, you get the interview, but you still gotta sell it. And having that person like understanding what their objections are going to be. Oh, on paper, this doesn't look like the right fit, but you're going to tell the story that convinces them that you're the person for the job. And I think that's so important because I work with so many women who are stuck because Mm -hmm. they are psyching themselves out about that pivot into a new path. And I just really appreciate the way you backed yourself and went for it. I mean, what's that phrase? Like your network is your net worth. Like you need to be networking because I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the experience. I certainly didn't have the resume to get that job. Frankly, from a resume perspective, I didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. But because I had an internal champion, I had someone who was advocating for me and that person was going to become my manager. I essentially had the key stakeholders Mm -hmm. attention. And I not only had her attention, but her essentially Mm buy-in. And that is the only reason I got that job. And can I tell you something? On that team, there were three managers. My manager ended up being one of them. They had offered me to a different manager um, because he had fewer headcount than she did. Mm -hmm. And he said, word for word, I found this out years Mm -hmm. later. She seems smart, but not a project I want to take on. Oh, well... And just so everybody knows, your sales managers get a percentage cut of what you sell. So my manager's out here sitting on this throne of my success. And this guy looks like a chump. Yeah. 
So. I just love that though. I'm just like, I think as a woman, especially a woman not from the minority culture, like there's nothing sweeter than for folks to be like, oh, to kind of write you off. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, <laughs> it's because you know, we're all petty. <laughs> are you going to send him a copy of the book? I mean, I right would now? because he might need some financial assistance. Ah! Oh, but know? I also feel kind of like bad for him. Not no, not bad, but also like from a manager's perspective, we're like, oh, could you, we have Vivian. She's new here. She doesn't know anything about marketing. Like what kind of pitch did he get, you know, about yeah. you? Yeah. And I'm like, true. there are a lot of managers who are like, yeah, that seems like a lot of work. However, like without shitting on him i'm just like so happy you found a manager who was willing to put in that work because yeah god damn it we need better leaders and better yes, management yes because you can coach so. people to greatness yeah but, yes. um i want to jump now like into your book so mm -hmm. you came you dropped that tiktok completely blew up and then obviously with your knowledge from but from buzzfeed about marketing and consistency and social media yeah. you know it, it makes so much you sense now yeah, right. I'm getting this. I love the story. Yeah. I'm just like the media background. <laughs> duh. Yeah. I'm gonna so post then, this on January one. Maybe it'll go. <laughs> duh. Sorry, Tiff. Go ahead. No. <laughs> when did you decide? Like, okay, I think, or did someone kind of reach out to you to decide? I want to write a book. Like, I've, I'm sharing so much amazing information. There's so many questions. I want to direct them to. It was that? Did that come from you internally, or did externally? Were you just like bombarded with like requests for for a book? Um, I was bombarded with requests for a book, but mm -hmm. not from who you'd think. Okay. I was being bombarded by people in my DMs. Okay. People were saying like, Viv, your content, it's 60 seconds long. It is so helpful. It is the only way I'm able to digest this information. But like, do you have like a guide mm. where I watch video one all the way to 100? Mm. Because right now we're kind of jumping all over the place and I want a step-by-step -step. and okay. I'm like, Oh, okay. That might be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I was actually not resistant to writing a book, but I was like, there are other ways to do this. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to launch a long form YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, turns out, uh, long term, long form YouTube channels are very hard. Uh, they take a lot of production. They're very mm -hmm. fancy. It's mm -hmm. not easy. Um, you know, try like did the podcast thing for longer form content, but people still kept saying like, we want the book. We want yeah. the book. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll think about it. I'll do the book. So I ended up writing the pitch for the book concept. And it all really ties back to all of the thanks I have to give to my first mentor. I mean, but you guys saw the dedication. Mm -hmm. um, I dedicate it to three, three groups of people or three people, we'll call them. First being the BFFs, um, then to my mentor, and then to the guy who made the kimono comment, <laughs> um, because again, I'm petty and it really is so much of the information she taught me about looking at the world differently and how it pertains to our personal finances and what that mentorship did for me, okay. because without her, I wouldn't be in the current financial position that I am. And I frankly probably would have spent all of my money on designer jewelry or designer bags and like been quite frivolous with it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up pitching that concept of rich AF mm -hmm. um, and ended up signing a book deal with Penguin Random House. Welcome to the family. It's like, I just got here too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, okay. I was telling you guys, I was telling Tiff about this before we got 
on the actual recording, when I was pitching this book and it seemed that there was a lot of interest, people then started to try selling me. And many publishers' number one selling point was that they had worked with the Tiffany Alice. That's crazy. And so I was like, wait, okay, I want to be where she's at. So it felt like a good place to call home. Meanwhile, I can't be up multiple places. Somebody lying. Yeah. Um, this, is just a, this is a little petty aside. There was, I'm trying to think how I'm going to say it. So there was one, so I, um, like we pitched, obviously, and so nine publishers came back, but one of them had to step down because they had another financial educator, big name, if we said, you all be like, duh, on their mm-hmm. roster. And that person had first right of refusal for anybody else being signed. Mm. And they were like, wow. the budget no, you guys can't sign her. I'll tell you offline, you're going to be like, no, I'm not going to lie. I was so impressed. I'm like, they know who I am, even though they block me. I was so, so wow. So they're suppressing. Yes. Like, can you, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so big that you can say, I huge. am your financial person. Yes. And if they're you sign huge. anyone else, I can kaputz it. Yeah. Ooh, Tiffany, Ooh. I would feel so good if I, I were mean, you. I'm you, I <laughs> even mad i was like i can't believe they i'm like are you sure so they know who i am oh my god so much so that they were like Wait, no can you text I'm me gonna right now i have I'm gonna need the tea. put it in the chat like, they can't see the chat <laughs> no because you're petty you will say it out loud I will <laughs> <talk> it. <laughs> there so, is no trust in oh she meant you're petty <laughs> i was like i can't i don't know about vivian but i wouldn't <laughs> oh so right. i i'm gonna put it in the chat but it was just like i was so <laughs> shocked um, and I just was like, yes. <laughs> Did you see the chat? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so she put the name. Yeah, but honestly, Not well, one, what it told me was like, wow, you never know who's watching you. Because I'm like, little on me. But guess what? That person mm-hmm. was absolutely right. They were like, they were right. Like, because honestly, I didn't know what I was capable of. I mean, I knew I worked mm-hmm. hard. I didn't know, like, you know, what the book could possibly do. But yeah, so I was like, mm, you know, a good call. But um, here we are. Good neck call. Neck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no, a new but, class, right? Yeah. So, so for your book, what are you hoping? So, so like I said, like, honestly, so many times, like, even for myself, I'm like, I need, like, What's the knowledge on that? What's a quick way to understand that? So I'll watch your videos because to your audience's point in 60 seconds, I'm like, okay, that's what that means. Or that's what's happening. Or this Mm -hmm. is what the market is doing or, you know, but, and so your book offers what, like for those folks who know you from social media, if they read their book, what, what's the difference? Like, what are they getting? What are they going to take out of it? This is a full step-by-step guide to not only changing your mindset around money, essentially what was the shift between what my mindset was when I had these very loving, but very frugal Chinese parents to meeting who I love to call like my rich mom situation, like her teaching me how to think about money in an abundant mindset, growing it, making it work hard. And it's that shift while going through, I would say a pretty traditional and pretty common set of knowledge, but conveying it in a way that really makes sense for the next generation. Um, I think most folks, when they talk about career in a finance book, it's at the end or it's at least after budgeting or after saving. I put career first because the line that my mentor told me um, that I find to be truly the golden rule of my life is that 
you can only save as much as you earn, but you can always earn more money. And that when I heard that phrase for the first time, it really did change my life because I was like, who is this woman? Her name is Jean Ma. She is still a trader on the street. She is truly the best. She, you know, she's my mentor to this day. I Mm. see her relatively often. Um, But she taught me this. And so we talk through career and like, I don't talk through a lot of the other career stuff of like resumes or interviewing or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. when you, when you've gotten the job, Mm -hmm. how do you ask for more money before you start on day one? Mm -hmm. Or if you've been in a job for so long, how do you demand a 15% raise at the end of the year without sounding like a D bag? And (laughs) these are things that we need to talk about because Mm -hmm the money piece of your job. Like we're not doing this for free. Like I'm not here for my health. Like I'm here to make money. Yeah. And then we move into budgeting and it addresses like, Hey, budgets look very different than they used to because Instagram has very much changed what we perceive to be things we need in our life. Mm -hmm. And I'm very anti no little treats. Mm -hmm. I love little treats. And so I just give a way to reframe that of like, Hey, the avocado toast or the latte every morning is not why you can't buy a home, but like you want a, you know, a Gucci bag at the end of the year. Cause that's the equivalent of a Gucci bag. Would you rather have that? Would you rather get, you know, those Dior shoes? Would you rather get that fresh pair of, you know, four fresh pairs of the really coveted Jordans? Because that is what you're giving up by having a latte every single day and suddenly saving money becomes fun Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. saving money equates to things that actually bring you joy. Like Marie Kondo style does this spark joy. Yes. And uh, from there we go into investing, which I feel like is way overcomplicated. I think so many folks in the space now are doing a great job of trying to demystify it, but I break it down in very layman's terms, how I was taught to think about it for my portfolio. Um, We have to essentially have a baseline understanding of like what retail investors and what institutional investors um, need when we pass our exams to be able to work on Wall Street. And a big part is like, they ask you a bunch of questions, like they give you a profile essentially. And they're like, if this person is a 47 year old woman lives here, no children married, like which of these portfolios would make sense for her. And then you get another scenario, like 23 man, unmarried, no job. What investment portfolio would you invest for him? And so that essentially kind of changes the investment conversation because it's not one size fits all. And then the final chapter is my favorite. It's a little like somebody told me this and I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't even think about that. They're like, it's a little bit of a sexual innuendo. Um, (laughs) Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, but like financial domination. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, geez, I like didn't even think about that. Um, but it covers all the stuff that doesn't neatly fit into any of those boxes. Okay. So like paying down debt, taxes, um, talking to your friends and family about money, which can be an incredibly sore subject, um, especially if you come from a immigrant background or a low income background. Um you know, as a story, like I know friends who are in my analyst class who the expectation was like when they got their bonuses, like they would send them home yeah. or part of their paycheck had to go home to like help mom and dad or mom, you know, pay for food. And 
we don't all get to start life on third base. Mm -hmm. Some people start, you know, at first base, some people start outside of the parking lot of the stadium. And I think having some of those money conversations can be tricky no matter who you are. So I wanted to address that. Um, And then we wrap it up in a nice bow of why we all deserve to be rich AF. I want to hear. So everyone go get the book. And what's the website where you can get the book? Is it yourrichbff.com? Uh, you can find it there, but just go to richaf.me because the URL is obviously a manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to know, because oh, I do follow you on IG. I know you're you're engaged, right? Are you planning a wedding? <sighs> is it an extremely bougie international <laughs> Italian wedding, Vivian? Mandy, I've been called out twice now on this podcast. I came here for a good time not to be victimized. I'm not that I'm just asking for facts. Are yeah. you planning a wedding? Fact. Um, tell me about, I want to hear about your partner though. How, what, I, you've been together a long time. Yeah. What has y'all's relation, how has your relationship changed, improved, whatever, over the course of you building this business? I don't know what he does. What does he do? Is he on Wall Street? Is he? Yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll give you the TLDR of my sweet, sweet man. Yeah. Um, we'll, be, we'll have been together for seven years in April. Um, so quite some time. When we first met, we met because we were both working on Wall Street and he worked on the same team as my girl roommate at the time. And okay. they sat like catty corner to each other on the um, at the office. And so I ended up meeting him one random night when I went out with her. We were running around the bars in downtown New York City as a young 20-something does. <laughs> and we hit it off. Like he was just like the coolest, nicest guy. And when we, people ask us about our financial situation quite a bit. When we first started dating, he made much more money than I did like two times. Mm -hmm. And he was always so generous and never made me feel any type of way about it. Like he paid for all of our dinners out when we would go on vacation, he would pay for more. Um, ultimately, when we ended up moving in together, he paid a bigger percentage of rent. He never made me feel like my job was less important or that I was less important or that my career aspirations were not as big as his or important because he made more money. Mm-hmm. And for the first like five years of our relationship, he was the breadwinner and he almost at all times made twice as much money as I did. Um, In my last year at BuzzFeed, I had a blowout year and I publicly shared this. I made over $600,000 in a W-2 job. That's amazing. And that was the first year we made roughly the same. I made a little bit more. I eked him out by, you know, 25 grand. And he was really proud of me. Mm -hmm. And I asked him really candidly at that time. I was like, do you think anything's going to change or would you feel weird if I like made more money than you. He goes, why would I feel weird about you making more money? I will then have more money to spend. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Um, And so he's always had this very, very uh, just amazingly supportive attitude about what I do and what I want to do. And when I finally decided to quit my job, it was in part because I had a golden parachute Mm -hmm. to rely on him. And he said, he's like, Vivian, no one has ever starved on a Wall Street salary for two people. So like 
go chase your dreams. Like maybe we won't be able to end up buying a home or maybe we won't be able to go on as many vacations or take as many Ubers. We'll have to take the subway, whatever. But like, we will still be able to live our life. Like go chase that dream. And because of that, I was able to, and I make quite a bit more now than he does um, by like a factor of like four or five times. Mm. And he, again, the attitude has never changed. I feel so grateful for that because my mom even told me that I should start lying to him about how much I was oh. making. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> not surprise. Yeah, you know, but that's I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because hide some, hide some cash. Make sure you always know where it is. The unenlightened man would feel like that, and yeah. I love that he provided so um, in therapy. So um, Mandy has us all reading this book called Attached, um, and so that's called like a secure attachment or a secure mm-hmm. base. Yeah, that when you have this base, it's like, you know, when you're a little kid and you're like, you're good at the playground as long as you can see your mom. You don't need her to touch mm-hmm. you. You don't need yeah, her to hold yeah, your yeah. hand. But you're playing. You're like, where is she? Oh, there she is. Oh, where mm-hmm. is she? But the moment that your mom yeah. goes to the car to get something, you freak out. You don't want to play. You don't want to. And as soon as she's within eye shot, you're good. And so, you know, um, my late husband, he didn't make a ton of money, but he provided secure base like that. Like, I got the bills. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and chase. And so... um, you know, oh, so I had my first seven figure year and then an eight figure year. And I realized like it's because I had a golden parachute, although not because we had a ton of money, but there's just the secure base of somebody's got me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, in, in this world where it's like so men against women, I don't know, these gender worlds are just crazy right now. It's so nice to hear that it is possible to find someone that can provide you with a secure base, whether they make a lot or a little that the security is not as much about the money as it is about the support. So I love yes. that you have that, Vivian. Yeah. Thank and you. Thanks for going into that. The reason I was asking, I should have started with this is just because partnership is, is, is a part of your entrepreneurial journey, anyone's mm-hmm. and just your just life journey. Yeah. Um, and they really can help you become the richest in more ways than one version of yourself or not. So shout out to the partners, you know, whatever yeah. gender they are, whatever yes. identity, the partners who are, who are that you know, security yeah. or yeah. also the partners who just carry the insurance, like shout out to husband. Yeah. Hey. Oh, oh, I'm also on his insurance plan. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I love Thank going you. to the doctor. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm like, Co-pays. what is worth in gold, honey? I was like, what? Cause my husband worked for the state or for the city, but it was state insurance. I mean, I could get acupuncture like off his insurance. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, babe, that is the coin right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the, the good benefits. Yes, <laughs> it's funny how you, you can tell you get older when you're like, "Ooh, what do the benefits look like?" <laughs> oh, physical therapy, physical yes. therapy. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> therapy in general. Yeah. Um, no, I love that, and I just love that because back in my day, when I when I, when financial education started, there was nobody. Yeah, you know, you were, that, you're an OG. You know that, I right? I mean, I just, I didn't, you know, at the time you don't realize you're an OG, you know, or that's what, what's happening. I do remember being able to count on one hand and I knew everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you literally would go into the room. You're like, oh, there's Mandy. Oh, there's Sandy. Oh, there's, and you can, there's Patrice. And so you could count everyone. And honestly, it just, it was really hard because you just felt like you weren't taken seriously. And now I couldn't even pretend to count how many non-white male financial educators there are. And I'm so delighted by that. Like 
there's so many choices. If you want to see yourself, if you are, you know, whatever gender you are, whatever your sexual orientation is, whatever race you are, whatever that is, you can find representation of yourself and be like, oh, there I am. Like she, he, they sound like me. I too come from an immigrant background or my mom was a single mom or I came from a lot of money, whatever that is, you can find someone that can help guide you through your financial journey. So I love that you get to show up as yourself and that people are just responding as they ought to. Yeah. I love that. I also love that like there is such like a good community of folks and especially women Mm -hmm. supporting each other i mean i mean mandy and i are dming back and forth about (laughs) what what we're charging brands what we're what we're doing with partnerships like what we're planning on doing with books and like all of that and you know when you feel comfortable enough to ask your friends and peers those questions like that's Mm -hmm. a positive thing no it is it's necessary like yeah thank you for yourself thank you for answering and for being open to that. Cause I think when you, it's hard making new friends in your adulthood and you don't always know what the vibe is going to be like if you, you know, get to a space where you yeah. can peek behind the curtain a little bit. So yeah, thanks for just being a great example of you can have those types of conversations, even if you don't know someone mm-hmm. like on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always going to get to know people on a deeper level. So tell me about <laughs> your parents today. <laughs> what is the relationship like with your folks today? Do they, are they like, I don't know, Tiffany, when did, do your does your dad think you're successful now? Like now, after I pay off their house in cash. Okay, so dad. Vivian, have you had the moment yet? Do your parents think yes. you're a success? What are they yeah. thinking? Okay, so first off, Tiffany stole my thunder, but I did, <laughs> you did. Uh, no 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 hell no. Okay. Oh. I can't afford that shit. But <laughs> I did send my parents on an all expenses paid trip for their 30th wedding anniversary. Mm. And they're like texting me photos of like mm. I think they were like in like Newfoundland or something. Anyway, they there was like this massive boulder thing, and my dad put his hands up against it, and like there's like a photo of him pretending like he's <laughs> oh pushing God. it. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like these silly parent photos, but it was so nice to see them having fun and doing things that frankly, we couldn't afford to do Mm. when I was a kid. And, you know, Mandy, you mentioned you listened to the podcast where I talk about my parents. Um, My mom brings up my swim team from childhood all the time. Um, That was in my notes that I can't find. I forgot. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. So (laughs) when I was on the swim team as a kid, the colors of the team were black and green. Mm -hmm. And the suit was a tier speed suit. That's like a brand. Mm -hmm. And they're not cheap because Mm -hmm. they're, you know, professional swimsuits. Um, My parents paid like the registration fee for me to be already on the swim team. So they were like, why do we need to buy a suit? (laughs) So I wore a bright pink suit from Costco. And there's a team photo that my mom has kept to this day. And you see in this photo, everybody in this green and black suit. And I stick out like a pink thumb. (laughs) And, you know, my mom mentions that, that situation, like probably... I want to say like once a year and she looks so sad when she mentions it. She's like, she's like, we should have just bought that suit, huh? Like, and I'm like, mom, it's okay. Like don't bought your college education. Right. That's her Roman empire. The thing that's always, (laughs) that is her Roman empire. And, and so now for me to be able to do the things that they couldn't even do for me, for them, Mm -hmm. it's very full circle and it feels really good. Doesn't it though? 
Especially when you have parents that really, I mean, I think we've all of us have parents that really. I hope just, my parents don't listen to this. Like, <laughs> um, so where's our where's vacation? <laughs> Here's my mortgage statement. <laughs> Which I got two kids in daycare. So keep going. No, it was like, this, honestly, to be able to look after your parents, it's really just like the best feeling, especially yeah. when you have parents that, you know, scraped and. You know, it's one thing like they had a trust fund, but it's like, no, these are parents that got it out of the mud and yeah. you know how hard they worked. And to be able to my, my job now, especially for my mom, was I want her to have, I want, she's in her soft girl, girl era. I love yeah. to talk about Yo, your mom's soft honestly, girl Manny era. talked about soft girl era and I loved it. Yes. Yeah. I just love that she's like my mom, because so I send the money every month. So my dad, like, you know, he was an accountant, CFO. So as far as their day-to-day monthly expenses, that's taken care of because he managed their money well. Once I paid off their house, they're fine. But I really wanted her to have money beyond we're fine. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to have hair done, nails done, everything did money. Yes. You know? And so I send her, you know, money every month. And of course, because I send her, I got to send him. Yeah. Um, even though he doesn't do anything with it. My dad's in his 80s. He just like gives it to people in Nigeria, which I'm like, that's your business. But my mom, <laughs> I love when I see her in a new outfit. She's like, guess how much this cost? I'm like, I don't know, mommy, how much. <laughs> this type, right? it was $600. I'm like, okay. It's a lot, right? I'm like, mommy, you got it, sis. She's like, I do. I do Aww. got it. I know. And I love that for her because she never, that doesn't happen often, but Nigerian clothes in particular, you know, you, know, you get them tailored. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's never been able to just splurge in this way without the yeah. worry. And so I want that for her. I, I want her to not have to worry, to know that even if something big does happen, I can take care of it. I always tell them that like something happens to the house, you know, the boiler goes out, don't freak out. I will take care of it. Mm -hmm. You are here to live the rest of your life in ease and comfort. And so like, that is the thing that like, to me, that is what rich AF looks like Mm -hmm. for me. That like, yes, I have nice things, but it's like, no, no, no. To know that like, okay, especially like I said, my, cause my dad's been chilling his whole damn life. I feel like, cause he's been spoiled with with four um, daughters, five daughters and my mom, but my mom in particular, I'm just like a no. man blessed beyond measure. I mean, because when you have daughters, <laughs> ah, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, yeah, meanwhile, so like, I got two boys, and I'm just like, <laughs> no. Just, but I'm going. I'm like, you know why we we? I'll go. I won't go on a tangent too long. Sorry, just a little. I open new tabs all the time. I can't stop myself. But let me, mothers, we got to make the boys better. Girl. It's a huge mm-hmm, responsibility mm-hmm. to raise good boys, yes. good men who who don't get. Oh well, you know, I should have had daughters. The boys never come mm-hmm. around. Teach them how to come around. Girl, do it. Know what I'm saying? Yes, because it's really no <laughs> anyway. different. You could just really, yeah, I agree. Do you have siblings, Vivian? I don't think yeah. I asked you that before. No, I'm an only, only child. child. Oh, there was betting so... on Viv. They, they Damn, said, they said put a hundred on Viv. <laughs> like big money, big money, big money. <laughs> Not even. It's like at the time, like I don't think that they were in a financial place to have oh. a second kid. Oh. Say that and again. And so they were like, you know what? We got one. We'll see how it goes. And then mm. by the time when they were in a place to maybe have a second kid, they were like, do you want a sibling? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the that only childhood of like, well, these toys are mine. So what yeah. are they going to play with? <laughs> Literally. I was like, uh, no, the attention is on me. I was like the weirdo who was like, mom, watch me do this cartwheel. Like for the 400th time. Like she was like, okay, I've seen it. Oh, so man. well, yeah. what, what, if you had one, one big wish for our audience, um, as it relates to reading your book and following on social, like, what do you hope? that they achieve as a result of like you being here in this space? Hmm. I hope that they can achieve the understanding 
that it's okay just to be good enough in many cases. Um, so this was truly something that like when I learned it changed my life. Uh, Reshma Saujani, she's the founder of Girls Who Code, Girls That Code, um, is a nonprofit. It teaches young young students at the beginning and now young women how to, you know, essentially computer science. And when they were first teaching a bunch of young students how to code, they would say like, write a line of code. And then the instructor would walk around the room and all the boys would have like written a line of code and all the girls, like the screens would be empty. And they'd be like, what the, like, are these girls like not listening or like what's going on? Ran the keystrokes back. Turns out those girls had written lines of code, deleted them lines of code deleted them because they didn't want to be wrong. And so I think one thing that we can all take away both within our money and in our career, it's like sometimes perfect is the enemy of done. Mm -hmm. And we want to be taking little steps forward constantly. This isn't about running a mile or running a marathon. Frankly, it's about can you get to the end of the block where the fire hydrant is? This is what I think about when I'm running, by the way. I'm yeah. like, okay, just, just to the tree, just to the tree, just to the stop sign, just to the stop sign. Like that's essentially your life, right? You are just running to that next item. And I think it's really powerful to remember that we should reward and encourage boldness and like good, brave decision-making over being perfect all the time. There's no such thing as the perfect high yield savings account. There are great high yield savings accounts out there and there are so many of them. There's no such thing as the perfect job. There are lots of great jobs out there, many of them that pay very well where you can learn and you can earn. But sometimes we overthink mm -hmm. and we are our own worst enemies. And so for once, just like give yourself like a little bit of grace and a little bit of encouragement you are doing the best you can. And then on top of that, like when there is an opportunity that comes up, don't be shy about swinging for the fences. Thank you. So where can Thank the girlies you. find you? Um, and where can they find again. your book? I know I have it too. I'm like, dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, we'll yeah, like, we got to get like a screenshot. Ah! Wait, let me get a screenshot. Wait, get a screenshot. Wait, kids. You can find my book at richaf.me. The URL is basically a manifestation. And you can find me all over social media as your rich BFF. It smells Love it. good. The book smells great. Yes. Oh, really? I thought it was kind of stinky. It smelled like I, But that <laughs> new book smell, it yeah. is a little stinky. I know that. Yeah. But that, that is yeah. this. I can't wait to go to my local Barnes & Noble and make sure it's on the front, where I'm sure yes. it will be with the New York Times bestsellers, but I'll make sure of it. <laughs> Um, requested from your library. Vivian. Yes. Wait, you're, are you still on tour? What's happening? Are you Taylor Swifting? Are you taking oh. a break and come back in Tokyo? Like, what's the I plan? have more respect for Beyonce and Taylor Girl. Swift. Than, like, touring sucks. Um, yeah. Touring is like really hard. I'm going to be so honest because you're barely in a city for more than 24 hours mm. onto the next one. Mm. You don't get to enjoy anything. And then you're just like hair, makeup onto the, onto the show, like whatever. Um, I have. Miami stop this Friday. Um, then I have SF stop the following week. I do take a little pit stop at the University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I got a shoot coming up in LA. I mean, I'm, oh, I have to go. Oh, Mandy, you asked about my wedding. I got to go to Italy to finish planning it. Mm -hmm. I am so tired. Is it this summer? It's this, it's June. Oh, um, shit. Not a June wedding in Italy. Oh, God. 
Yeah, and my living mom and every I girl's already, fantasy. We've already fought about it three times. So. <laughs> oh, good. but are you enjoying? Like, what? Uh, what are you enjoying about the process? Like, you got to enjoy something. It's not all hell, right? <laughs> She's like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I you, hope like, that you plan. Wait, what's for? that face? I don't know you well enough. What face are you making? She's like, I'm not That's enjoying like, it. It's fucking tired. I'm not enjoying it. It's horrible. <laughs> oh no! So man. I hope that you change that. Bake- you have time. You have bacon that some real rest downtime, you know, post work. Yeah, enjoy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're because planning, you can keep running, so you don't want to do that. I know what you need. The team is planning on taking March very, very off. Good, good. I know what you need, though. I think someone needs to be collecting the stories of the people that you are in those rooms that you're touring, collecting, like, what did it mean for you to Vivian to be? What you need is, like, you're working. It's work. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, the ripples and, like, the mm-hmm. the vibe rainbow kind of like trailing behind you as you jet off to the next city i feel like that is the the magic that people kind of sit with afterward and yeah thanks thanks for thanks for doing that work and exhausting yourself but yes and also hopefully you get to pour back in yeah a little bit in the meantime thank you guys so much for having me no thanks for being here all right y'all we're gonna see you on friday for baqa until then stay black stay brown stay cute stay rich as f (laughs) <laughs> Which there AF? Look at me as F. I'm 50. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna start saying that. I'm gonna start telling people when they ask me how old I'm. I'm gonna say 55. So they're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "You look so young." <laughs> I was thinking about your 50th the other day. I'm like, I didn't get an invite to the 40th, but I bet I'm gonna get one to the 50th. Yeah, so it's gonna be gonna a something point. fabulous. It's gonna oh, be yeah. yeah, yeah. 50th. Tiffany's in the Maldives. Guarantee yes. you, <laughs> something yeah, fabulous. Good, I'm gonna pay for everybody. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>